What's going on, everybody? It's another beautiful week of What Do You Know with Joe. As always, let's get to the intro. Sit down and chop it up. Let's talk about it. Well, let's ask the right question. Who's convinced? Uh, we're starting to see the mind brain stuff now. It's What Do You Know with Joe. What's going on, everybody? We've got another great week of What Do You Know with Joe. As always, we've got Baxter. We've got Winnie. We've got Lindsay. Our little nugget is growing, being healthy. We are officially at 13 weeks over the hump of the first trimester. Wanted to share some news about the fam. This week, we have the great basketball coach, Josh Passner. Josh is currently the head coach at Georgia Tech, uh, but he's been at many other schools coaching uh, in the past at the University of Memphis, uh, was part of the coaching staff at University of Arizona, where he also played. And you'll learn all about, you know, his coaching career and his career leading up to where he is now. The guy is at the at his true core, just a hard worker, uh, the epitome of, you know, what you want to do when you're younger and seeing it all the way through now. Uh, he's wanted to be a coach since he was a wee lad. And I mean, he's putting it into fruition now. So want everyone to listen on the insight that he has. He's been around some of the biggest names in the sport. And so he has a lot of knowledge to share. And you'll hear all things about life, you know, especially being an expecting father. Uh, he is a father. I wanted to, you know, ask him some questions there. So we get into all that. Very exciting. Can't wait for everyone to listen. Wanted to take a quick second, sprinkle in. Everyone go check out Sneakerhead Golf. I finally just got all the stuff that they sent me. I'm very excited to share with everyone. Little little photo shoot coming up for all the, for the people to check out. It's going to be great. Shout out to Rachel Hitchcock. Um, it's going to be awesome. I uh, can't wait to share with everyone. It's super comfortable. Looks really good. The head covers are beautiful. I, I think I've shared with a lot of people over the past couple of weeks already just to, you know, drum up some more business. And let me tell you, they're amazing. Go check them out. You don't even have – if you if you play golf – if you have a loved one, Christmas is coming up, guys. The holidays and, you know, not even just Christmas. The holidays are coming up. You're going to want to share and potentially put this on the list for someone you love. It's a great gift. They customize jersey. They take your jersey. They customize into a custom head cover. It's genius idea, and they look amazing. So use the promo code JOE15 to get an additional 15% off off your order. Again, that's J-O-E-1-5, JOE15. Use the promo code at checkout. You'll get a discount. Not only are you going to get a discount, you're going to get a suite apparel for yourself or for a loved one. It's amazing. Go check them out. I can't wait to share what I have with everyone. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump right into the episode with Coach Passner. I think everyone's going to love it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What You Know with Joe. I have the great coach, Josh Passner, with me. Uh, Josh, thank you so much for joining, as well as the uh, – well, he, he just popped off now, but we have uh, the athletic uh, assistant athletic uh, uh, director as well, uh, Mike. But, Josh, thank you so much for joining. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate uh, being able to uh, talk some basketball with you and life and anything else in between. So I uh, appreciate the invite to come on with you. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we love talking to all different individuals, all kind of backgrounds, intelligent individuals such as yourself. And, um, you know, we, we want to learn more and especially, you know, with such a great background you have and, um, you know, being so much around basketball, this will be, you know, a great topic to discuss. So we'll go ahead and jump right into it. Um, you know, you grew up in Texas, born in West Virginia, right? But born, uh, grew up in Texas. Um, you know, your dad was a coach 
was basket was it was it basketball twenty four seven was it always basketball or did you play some other sports in Texas as I know that's a big you know there's a lot of sports going on there yeah I I played all the sports I mean I played baseball football you know soccer mm-hmm. I mean I golf tennis I mean I, I just love sports and uh, but I do remember when I was uh, uh, in fifth grade I remember turning to my dad while I was watching the Lakers versus Celtics on one of the national networks and I said if I can. I want to stay involved in the game of basketball. And I said, the next best thing to playing, if I wasn't able to make it in the NBA, I thought the next best thing to playing was coaching. And Hmm. uh, I really put a lot of my energies into, into that, uh, knowing that at fifth grade at that time, that's what I wanted to do. And so, um, yes, I worked my tail off to try to, to, to try to be playing the NBA, obviously, but I, but, once I got to the University of Arizona, I played at the University of Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. you know, once I got there, I recognized I wasn't going to make it to the NBA. I recognized how good those guys <laughs> were. But, but even, but like I said, prior to that, way back before, I really focused, put my energies, you know, and, mm-hmm. and really locked in on what I wanted to do. That's crazy. I mean, in the fifth grade, being like, I know I'm ready to, you know, I, I could do that. I mean, a lot of people, like me in the fifth grade, I had no idea. I didn't even know what I wanted lunch for the next day. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, you um, know, one of, one, of my, one of my things that I really believe, uh, Joe, do you like going by Joseph or Joe, or does it matter? Joe's, I, good. Joe, Joe's great. Joe's good. If I, okay. If Joseph, I'm usually in trouble. Okay, there you <laughs> go. Um, but, uh, um, but um, you know, one of my things I've always, I'm a big believer in Joe is that, uh, and it's actually in one of my sayings that we talk about is, is driven. And, and, mm-hmm. and this is not about me or anything. I'm just saying in general, I really believe if you look at anyone in any walk of life, uh, ones who really f- are high achievers. And I'm not, again, I am not talking about myself. I'm just saying in a general, what I believe, cause you're talking about fifth grade. I really believe a, key, a big key for success is being um, highly self-motivated. Um, being internally driven, uh, right. I think that's a really key characteristic. If you if you find ones, because when you're a highly driven or highly self motivated, you usually have a lot of passion. Right. And when you have high motivation, self motivation, and, and great passion, that leads to, you know, a job well done and whatever it may be. Um, and um, you know, it's sort of like, um, you know, it's sort of like you know, someone that that goes to the hospital. God forbid they ever had to use the 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 um, defibrillator, and mm-hmm. and thank God that they've created that and they've it, you know doctors and scientists have invented that because it saved so many lives. But you can't right. use it over for the net for like six straight hours. It doesn't work. I mean, you got a couple shocks in there to try to get the heart going. I would you know in a far less way and not the same thing of life and death, but just in a way right. of of things of motivation. I would include it the same with motivation. You can't. There's only so many motivational tactics you can use for the person to get the job done. At some point, that individual has got to be motivated and driven right. enough to say, you know, I don't need, you know, uh, the pep talks all the time. I'm going to just go out and, and get it done and, and be motivated to, to do it. Right. I couldn't agree more. It's definitely having that, you know, it, within yourself being like, okay, I'm going to, you know, continue to try with it. There's no one telling me to do it. There's no one, like you said, I don't have anyone else really helping me do this. I'm just doing it because I know I want to do it, or I'm, I know I want to be good at this, or this is something I'm passionate about. Um, we briefly, you know, mentioned it in the first question I asked, um, but your, your dad was a basketball guy, right? Your, your, your family was a basketball family, right? And your sister, you know, was a, a really good basketball player in the greater Texas area. 
what was that like? What was the, uh, you know, what was growing up in, in that kind of family? Like it also, you know, were there ever times on one-on-one where your sister kind of, you know, kind of gave you a run for your money? My sister was a great player. She was the Gatorade <laughs> player of the year in the state of Texas. And okay. uh, she was outstanding. We, 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 we grew up in Kingwood, Texas, in that Kingwood Humble area, which was just north of uh, Intercontinental Airport. Now it's renamed the George W. Bush Airport, but, um, or the George Bush Airport. But, um, mm-hmm. uh, but we, she was a great player. She was really small. Yeah but she was really good and she could flat out shoot the ball. And uh, she was the Gatorade player of the year in the state of Texas. She ended up going to play for Marsha Sharp at Texas tech for a couple of years. Then she transferred to university of Houston and finished her career at, uh, uh, with, with Joe Curl at the university of Houston. But uh, she was a really good player. My dad was just around the game a lot. In fact, he was, um, he was the ball boy. And at the time back in the day for the Philadelphia 76ers with Wilt Chamberlain and, and That's that crew, cool. and he 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 was actually good friends with Will Chamberlain, and um, um, and the ball boy wasn't like a ball boy that you're thinking of a ball boy just once a right. That time when they called a ball boy was like the manager of the team, and okay. so he was around the Sixers. He had incredible stories about Will Chamberlain. Um, That's all, and um, it was really cool. But so he just was around the game, and then yeah. with me. You know, we started a, the because he wanted to, to stay more involved and 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 help new. What I wanted to do, we started the program, the Houston Hoops, okay. which is an AAU basketball program that just, yep. you know, is still going strong and has a tremendous success. And I was able to coach both the boys and the girls, um, which allowed me some great experience along the way, which has helped me to where I am today. I was about to say, I'm sure that coaching both probably gives you uh, probably a little bit more perspective than most. You know, you not only are not each individual players the same, I feel like, you know, coaching a boys team versus coaches, the girls team, there are similarities, but there are also some things that you can take and bring to each side and, you know, grow more as a person. Um, so, you know, I'm, basketball was big in the family. You're, as you mentioned early on, you, you went to Arizona. Um, were you, were you getting a lot of looks in high school for Arizona or, you know, or at other schools, or was it mainly, you know, that was the one school and you were going to try and, you know, go there and make it your all and try to just be the best you could be in Arizona. Coming out of high school, I wrote a letter. Um, or actually, you know, going in my senior year, should I say at some point in my senior year, I wrote a letter to every single division one, division two, II, division three. At the time, there was two divisions in NAIA, uh, NAIA division one and NAIA division two, over a thousand personal handwritten letters. I sent one to every school in America because I wanted to, I was a good high school player, but I wanted to, knew what I wanted to do with coaching. And so in my letter, I was reaching out to everybody saying, hey, I want to coach one day. I want to, I'll be a positive influence. I want to learn, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you know, and I got some form letters back here and there, you know, and I got a nice letter here and there, but the one school that really moved forward with it was coach Lute Olson um, and the university of Arizona. And he probably read the letter, read the letter and was like, Hey man, this is, this guy can come in and work our players out, watch film with our guys, and it won't count against the time limit in the NCAA <laughs> rules. And so um, actually it was, it was a, you know, just a real blessing by Coach Olson to give me that opportunity. My freshman year, we ended up winning the national championship. Um, we won the national championship in 1997. We're the only team, and I still say this, it's, I still say it's the greatest NCAA tournament run in March Madness that has ever been done. It doesn't get talked about enough. We just yeah. had our 25-year reunion of that 97 run, 
but um, um, to beat three number one seeds is the, we're the only team to have ever beat three number one seeds. And the three number one seeds were the three winningest programs in the history of college basketball. And that is we beat Kansas in the Sweet 16, North Carolina in the Final Four, and Kentucky in the championship. And uh, I, I still say they should do a 30 for 30 on that. I was just about to say that. I was it's the greatest run. Uh, I really believe that. So I right, right away, I'm at the University of Arizona, my freshman year, we win the national championship. And the longer you're involved in the game, you, you know, I've been in it a long time, even though I'm relatively young in a sense, um, uh, that uh, you recognize to do what we did, you're in rarefied air. It's you're in the point zero 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 and another 50 zeros, one percent to have been part of a team that's won a national yeah. championship. Pretty darn cool. That is really cool. And I agree. I think there needs to be a letter written, handwritten, and email to ESPN asking about because obviously like it like you said any school to be the winning not only winning programs but to beat three number ones and at those times i mean those schools had great players too so it's it's definitely something that should be talked about more we'll get to that for sure we'll write them a letter but um you know was you had mentioned it when you were five and you you always had that aspiration uh and i definitely want to jump back to a little bit as uh sometimes the the coaching job you maybe had as a kid but were there any thoughts of, you know, going to the NBA? Like, were, were, did you think you could make that jump? I know you've always wanted to coach, but was there at least the potential for you to go, hey, I, I, I could make it? Or was it just like, now the, the talent's, you know, just a different, just a little bit higher. I think I should go right into coaching now. Oh, I, I tried like crazy. I wanted to play in the awesome. NBA. I mean, it was obviously a dream. And, and I worked, like I was saying earlier in the in the in in our discussion, I, I worked my tail off as hard as I could. I, I, I didn't go to dances i wouldn't do anything i my theory was if during those friday and saturday nights while people were at the dance or they went to their homecoming you know dance i would be mm -hmm. in the gym working on my game thinking I, when i met them on the court i would prevail and yeah. uh, i was just wired that way and so um i really believed i was gonna that i was a good enough shooter and a good enough player that i could make it and i worked and worked and worked it wasn't until I showed up at the University of Arizona in late August and was at the first pickup game that I played. Within five minutes, I recognize it's over. Like there's <laughs> zero chance, not happening. And um, just it's I, you know, I just knew. I just knew because I thought yeah. maybe I could be like a Steve Kerr. Because Steve Kerr went to the University of Arizona. Steve Kerr is now the Golden State Warriors, you know, coach yeah. won multiple championships. But he played for a long time in the NBA and won yeah, yeah, yeah. the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan, the San Antonio Spurs, won championships as a player. But I was saying, hey, if Steve Kerr can do it, why can't I? You know, he's a smaller yeah. guy and he was an elite shooter. But, you know, of course, I was, I, you know, Steve Kerr is a really good basketball player. <laughs> but I recognized the second I, but I was thinking that I could, I can be like Steve, I could be as good as Steve Kerr. And, but the second I went there, and within five minutes, maybe not even, in the in the couple trips up and down, it was over. I knew that that this is it, and I need to, you know, I'm going to be a coach, and yeah. uh, and my playing days would end at at the time at University of Arizona. That's funny. That's actually kind of funny, and it's you know, I I not not to the same degree, but like similarly, when I was playing, like I always played football growing up, and like I played freshman football, and I was like, okay, like you know, I may continue on with this, and. I looked at the guys in front of me, and like the guy in front of me played at William and Mary uh, College of William and Mary. He was on some practice teams for I think the Chargers and some other teams. But I'll never forget seeing them go like in pitch drills and one on one. And I, I had the kind of same thought. I was like, "Yeah, I'm not getting past that guy." And I he's got a significant height difference. It's just not going to be in the cards for me. Um, so very funny you mentioned that. But um, is it true when you were you know spinning into going to full coaching now? When you were a kid, were you you know? 
coming up with like scouting reports? Were you publishing things like that? Were you almost like doing the job you in a microcosm way, doing the job you were doing now as a kid? Yeah, I actually ran. I actually, when I was uh, like 13 years old and, and we had the Houston hoops while everybody was, when we were playing and the game was over, everyone would kind of go to the mall and hang out and right. just, you know, I want to stay in the gym all day and watch all the guys. And so, and, and, and scout the teams and the players. And so um, I actually did a, I, I created my, the Josh pastor scouting service at age 13 and sent that to tons of school around the country. I That's had multiple awesome. schools that wanted to order the service and they ended up calling my dad and he, he told me, hey, look, he's only 13. This was just free. He wanted to do this out of, you know, out of love of the game. And so, uh, yeah, I, I started my the Josh Pastor scouting service. You know, this was a while ago. I was looking back at some of my reports on that, on that service uh -huh. and some of the names that I would have, the write-ups that I had. And I was, I had some good accuracy on those. It was in, you know, yeah. on and, in good pros and and you know a good college guys so it was it was interesting to be able to do that yeah it gives you kind of that sure and at that time and at that yeah. time when i was doing it you know you got to remember there was obviously no cell phone or, or no social media there wasn't the cell phone picture thing and or video yeah. and, and it was really just by back day was just by um um you know a lot of it was you know newsletters you yeah. get it once a month. We, you know, I remember everyone be looking forward to the newsletter. There wasn't the internet at that time. The internet was around, but it was just, you know, or or when, I don't even know if it was around. It may not even been around when it, you know, because you're dealing in the, you know, in the in the '90s. So I don't even, think, yeah, maybe it wasn't around. In fact, I was just seeing something where Bill Gates was talking to David Letterman. And I think this was in the late '90s, so maybe it wasn't. You know, I was talking about the internet. I, I just saw this the other day. It was amazing, and they were making fun of Bill Gates about the internet. Like, what's so big about you? Just that's radio. You know what I mean? Like, like whoever, who cares about the, you know, who? And now, fast forward right. 30, 25 years later, can you even have your life without internet? You know what I mean? So right, no, yeah. First question you ask for: Do you have Wi-Fi when you enter? Right, right. <laughs> that's a good point. First thing I was like, all you need is a like, and it's funny to what you're saying now. I in back of my head, I'm like. I mean, everyone's got Wi-Fi now, right? There's no, like, maybe some people don't. And I mean, like, we're, I know we're blessed to live in an area in the country too that doesn't, you know, some places aren't fortunate, but, you know, within the, within the continental United States, yeah, in the back, it was a pretty much sure thing. I was like, yeah, he's probably got internet. And if he's at yeah. Georgia, he's got, yeah. but no, it's funny. Like you said, it's, it's crazy how, you know, even 30 years ago, something like that, that wasn't, that wasn't the case. You couldn't even yep. think on that. But, uh, so that's really cool. And it's also kind of cool that you get that justification. You're like, Hey, I, I was doing this at a young age. I could a young entrepreneur here. You had you had something yeah, going. Exactly. Um, um, but uh, your first coaching job, you know, while you were an assistant with uh, Coach Lute Olson, you you took over. You had a, like you said in the beginning of the uh, of the podcast. Um, you you were able to game for the boys and girls, and there were some impressive people on that list. Not to mention, I mean, sure there was like in the scouting report you had, but um you know what was it what was that let's dive into that a little bit more in that aspect of you know what what were some maybe the uh, uh things you learned there that maybe you brought with you to arizona state or arizona and you know where you are now yeah no well look i mean anytime you can become a head coach i don't care at what at, at what level i don't care if mm -hmm. it's little league or middle school high school whatever you know there's a big difference between being an assistant and a head coach it's six inches you know, because you're moving over from the from the mm -hmm. assistant chair to the head coach yeah. chair, and you make a big difference between 
suggestions to all of a sudden making decisions and everything you know falls on your plate and you're the person that's responsible for that and um right and so um you know i i just think it's uh i learned a lot and and when i became the head coach at university of memphis so i was at the university of arizona for a long time as a player staff member mm -hmm. assistant but when i went to the university of memphis and was there with john calipari and and um and and he took the job at kentucky and his mm -hmm. last years at memphis it was the winningest four years in the history of the ncaa and, and i was part of the staff but here i am at 31 following him uh, yeah. in a monster job a pressure cooker in a sense and a lot of the experience yes things i've learned from coach olson and coach calipari two hall of famers two of the best to ever do it i learned a lot from them but i had to re go back to some of my experiences as coaching the houston hoops both the boys and the girls teams as a head coach mm -hmm. to as ready as i could be for those first you know for that first part of the of my journey as a head coach yeah i bet i and you know it, it it's it makes me wonder like I, I think probably calipari and those guys probably would say something similar in that you know they could you know in those organizations there's different factors and there's different well, things going on but they go yeah, back to so, joe there's no there's no real manual um, right that 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 prepares you to be a head coach it's sort of like being a father or, or a husband you know i mean there's no manual that says okay you've got to do this you know there might be a manual on how to fix something and how to do this and and there's and there's a lot of you know books of of, of you know maybe self-help books of things that can give you yeah. some confidence but there's nothing like an actual experience and i don't care if that's being a father a husband or being a coach or being in you know something where you're in charge of something it's mm -hmm. not you know it's you've got to go through it and and along the way there could be ups and downs some mistakes you make and and you learn and you grow and as part of the deal for sure and i i think my my i as a as a young uh husband and you know growing in my family and doing things like that i'm definitely learning that i sometimes i wish there was a manual sometimes you're like <laughs> man i wish i had some sort of guidance there but uh um jumping into your your first coaching stint in the you know in the ncaa with uh coach olson at uh arizona tell us a little about that time maybe one or two players that you know you, you that stuck out to you or you remember like situations with and you know what were what was your time there you know what what were some of the things you picked up with coach olson yeah coach olson was outstanding just one of the greatest to ever do it i mean he single-handedly built the city of tucson arizona the university of arizona i mean what he did there in tucson um by how he built the basketball program is um you know it's just he's a mat he's just incredible he's just he's awesome and he was an incredible human being and uh you know he learned a lot of his basketball through john from john wooden so it was an absolute um you know clinic every day he stepped on the floor to conduct practice and uh, he was just you know he's a tremendous talent evaluator player developer and just you know, there was a time there in 17 years, he had a 17 year span where they were the, his teams, his program was the winningest program in the NCAA for 17 straight years, uh, uh, for over a 17 year period. That includes North Carolina, Kentucky, Duke. They had just, you know, he was a winner. And um, yeah. uh, God rest his soul, unfortunately he passed away uh, uh, a little over a year ago, or um, but, uh, but he, he's just a, you know, the things that he did within the community and, and um, was way beyond basketball, but he was he was a special human being. 
Mm-hmm. I definitely think having that community impact is huge. With you know, I feel well, like when you're when you're part. coach when you're coaching at a at a school, you're involved at a you know. There's a community. I mean, in some yeah. communities bigger, but you know, coaches have an opportunity. You know, coaches are teachers or educators are, um, you know, have an opportunity to make a really positive impact with young people, but also the people within the community. Look, everyone wants you to win every game and win championships and yeah. Uh, and, and that's all part of it. That's what makes sports great. I always say sports is the best reality TV show because, you know, you, you, you know, there's a scoreboard for a reason, but, uh, but, yeah. in the, but you also have a chance to really impact a lot of people along the way in a real, in a real positive difference. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so pivoting a little bit, you know, going down, you know, your next stint, you, you mentioned him early on, you, you had the chance to be under coach Calipari at Memphis. And like you said, I mean, for everyone, everyone knows, you know, not only knows Coach Calipari, but knows about their time, those, you know, Derek Rose, people like that at Memphis. What were, you know, what was it like being under that team, you know, being able to recruit there, being part of the recruitment team? And then, you know, what was maybe, you know, what were some of the things either, you know, you learned from Coach Calipari or what was it a little bit different about that job than your Arizona job? No, I mean, Coach Calipari is one of the greatest to ever do it. Uh, I mean, you look at his winning. I mean, he's won everywhere he's been. Uh-huh. Um, he's, he's a, he's just, he's same thing. He's an incredible basketball coach. Um, you know, it's not, you know, it's not easy when you have the type of talent that he gets. Yeah. I mean, look, you want to have great players, but he's able to, to form them together, to mesh them together, to compete, to play hard. His teams are always great offensive and defensive rebounding teams. They always are really good defensive teams. And that's a credit to coach Cal yeah. Perry. Um, um, you know, so I, I learned a lot. Now, as, as maybe as different Coach Olson and Coach Calipari were, they had a lot of similarities to get to the end game of where they were trying to get to. Hmm. And, um, uh, you know, they one of them was keeping things simple. Um, yeah. You know, they, they, it, wasn't, it wasn't overly complicated. There was a lot of simplicity. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with being simple. Yeah, simple is powerful. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's a, that's a, it was a lesson that, that I've learned from, from both from both uh, gentlemen. And so, um, um, and then, the, you know, obviously to follow coach Calipari, I mean, when you're there with, whether it's coach Olson at the university of Arizona or coach Calipari at Memphis, you're, you're not recruiting, you're recruiting to them. I mean, they're, they're the yeah. rock stars. And so, um, uh, you know, I was fortunately able to recruit to two rock stars, which, you know, made my job that much easier. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, like I can't imagine, especially, I mean, sure out West as well, but, uh, and I'm sure you experienced that a little bit now, but and we won't get into that too much. But it, it's definitely I can't imagine, especially around that area and you know in Tennessee, but near Kentucky and and all that area, it's not easy to recruit. So having those rock stars definitely um, help. Uh, you mentioned it. You 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 had to follow in his steps footsteps, and those big shoes to fill. Um, you know, what were some of the things that either you wanted to change or maybe that you were, you know, wanted to bring your own little spice to it? I mean, like you said, I'm sure they set the tone that it was, you know, you learned to keep it simple. But was there anything that you wanted to bring in like individually to you that maybe, you know, you finally because you're in the head coaching role, you're like, I, I kind of can you know do this now. You know, Joe, uh, thinking of it, um, you know, obviously, when you're taking over Coach Calipari, I mean, you want to, you know, he built so much great momentum and you wanted to kind of ride that wave in a sense. Uh, mm-hmm. But but I couldn't be Coach Calipari and I couldn't be Coach Olson. I still had to be sure. myself. I had to be comfortable in my own. Right. So, you know, those guys, you know, they're in the Hall of Fame. I was starting out at 31 and so I still had a, you know, 
long way to go, but I was under a pressure cooker job and, and, um, and I had to go and I had to go on the fly and, 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 and be prepared. And I was ready. I was prepared as you could be. Um, and uh, we had great success there. And I loved yeah. that time. At and it was intense. I mean, we won a lot of games and um, mm -hmm. there were, we had won over 70% in, in of the games. But when you're being compared to Coach Calipari's last four years, of winning about 93, 94, 95% of your games, you know, you're like, what's wrong with you, coach? You know, right, so, right. Aren't you winning 93, 94? So that's just part of it, but it was, a, but it was awesome. And then when, obviously when the job opened up here, I thought, man, that's what a great opportunity to, to try to, you know, I've been, I had a lot of success there to try to sneak over here with, with Georgia tech and be yeah. here in the AC in Atlanta. And so, um, you know, it's going on 14th year as a head coach. It's, it's, you know, I've loved every second of it. I don't take it for granted, Joe. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, these these jobs are so hard to come by. Um, you know, literally, just you know, you, you people would give a you know you know a right arm to be in this chair, and so I don't for take it for one bit at one second. Now, it's, it, these jobs are hard because you're dependent on eighteen to twenty three year olds to make a shot for you. <laughs> uh, but uh, but they're but they're but they're but it's a, but it's a wonderful profession. Yeah, I remember what it was like being a college freshman. You know, it's your freedom. You get to do what you want. It's kind of, yeah, I know what you mean. But uh, um, speaking about your time at Memphis real quick before, and we'll jump right into Georgia Tech. Um, you guys, you know, you had a really good recruiting class in 2010. Um, you you guys made it to the uh, NCAA tournament a lot of time. Uh, were there, maybe they've moved on now either to the NBA or, you know, they're doing other great things. Were there any players that you remember, you know, again, I'm sure you love all your players, but were there a handful that maybe, you know, that stuck out to you or, you know, any players that you, you saw grow a lot or, you know, mature uh, very, very well. We had great recruiting classes at Memphis. I mean, one time we had the number one recruiting class. Um, I, had, right. I had multiple top five recruiting classes. We signed a bunch of McDonald's All-Americans, uh, but every player that I, that I coached was, was, was special to me. And, and I loved every single human being and that, that I was able to be around. And, and even ones that, that maybe I had a, dismissed from the team for, for a reason or, or, you know, and, 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 and today we're, we're close. I mean, it's just, yeah. you know, I, I, I love every young man that, that I was able to, to, to coach and be around. And, and, um, it, you know, that's part of what's great about college. You can really see young people develop and mature mm -hmm. and, and go through it. And, and there's many great stories of, of, of individuals that were, that just did so many great things and, and uh, I loved, like I said, I loved my time there. I, I, I loved my time. And, and when you're a coach, you love all your guys. Look, some can, some are different and, and, yeah. and some are everyone, everyone, uh, you know, has different backgrounds and different personalities. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, what's great about coaching is you try to bring it all together and, and form a team and you really form a bond and, and go from there. I'm learning at the, and I've, I've talked to other, uh, like I, I talked to the, coach at NC State. He used to be the head coach at ECU, my alma mater. Uh, I'm learning that uh, a lot of coaches will will find that, you know, they love all their players. And I think that's what makes them such great head coaches. You know, you wouldn't want necessarily someone who, you know, is picking favorites or not. Love, giving love is a great word. Love is a powerful right. word. Great word. And, and, mm -hmm. and, um, and, you know, you, you, you have a real care, you know, mm -hmm. uh, for your, for your, for your guys. I mean, you really do. And, and that's what makes the team, concept aspect of sports you know very very special and that's why it makes that the locker room even just yeah words can't always describe it 
Mm -hmm. So you had mentioned it, and now you're here. Uh, you know, you made that jump to Georgia Tech. You know, when did you maybe know you were going to make that jump? Were you being recruited by Georgia Tech, if you can even answer that? Was it one of those things you were – there was an opening and you kind of put your hat in? Um, you know, what was that transition like? Yeah, no, when Georgia Tech job opened in 2016, um, they had a – you know, obviously there's an athletic director. Um, there's, you know, people on the search committee, and they maybe hire a search um, – uh, a search group or search team, an individual that does searches. And they had reached out to me to see if, you know, kind of what my engage my interest. And yeah, I said, I'd be highly interested. And, um, and then cool. it kind of went from there. Of course, you, you have meetings and you meet people and in the hotels and things like that. It, but um, my meeting was right around the final four on that Saturday in Houston, in the hotel, I met multiple people and 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 then uh, next week, uh, the following Thursday, so that was a Saturday, the following Thursday, I got offered the job. And uh, the Friday, so basically six days later, seven days later, I was doing the press conference um, at Georgia Tech for the, I was the new head basketball coach at Georgia Tech. Things move fast and quick. I bet. I bet they do. I bet they do. Um, and, you know, Maybe as much as you can. I mean, you've already had some great success at Georgia Tech. Um, what are some of the differences maybe you're noticing from your time at Memphis now at Georgia Tech? Well, look, I think I'm a better coach today than I was at Memphis, and that should be a natural progression because, um, you know, you, you, you live and you learn and you develop as you go. And I hope, God willingly, I'm 44, and I hope I can coach – I'm the, I'm a head coach at 75, you know, yeah. and, and, when I, and I say, I can say that I'm better then than I am today. You know what I mean? Yeah. In, in that maturation process. But um, look, I, lo I, I love it here at Georgia tech. I, I love the people, but I love the time, my time. And I love the people at Memphis. And so yeah. I've been very fortunate that I've been at three high level programs. I've been at the university of Arizona as a player, staff member, and assistant coach. I've been, at Memphis as an assistant coach and a head coach. I've been at Georgia Tech as a head coach. I've been at a very, very high level. And then if you include the Houston Hoops, yeah, you know, which are one of the top AAU programs in the country, I've in my four dealings of basketball, I've been around a lot of high-level players, high-level programs, high-level conferences, uh -huh. pressure cooker situations. And um, I've loved every single second of it, as I mentioned earlier, and, and I haven't taken one second of it for granted. Mm -hmm. I think you had mentioned it before. Um, and again, because I think if you ask the people of Memphis and Arizona, they would say, we love Coach Pastner. He was one of the greatest. Um, and to what you were saying about filling the shoes from Cal Perry, I'm sure people are telling Penny Hardaway, hey, you've got to fill Coach Pastner's shoes and, you know, you've got to do that. So um, it, it, it's, you know, it, it, you definitely left your footprint there. And I think people in that community would know that. Um, so. Now moving on, George Tech, and we're having an upcoming season. Are are you excited about the upcoming team? Or you know, are, are you guys looking to you know make a good run here this season? I'm sure you know you guys are very excited to get back to it. Yeah, Joe, we're we're you know season starts right around the corner here. We're excited. Mm -hmm. I'm pumped up, and you know what's great about being in college is you kind of have the routine that you know that once football starts, that's the kind of start, signals the start of preseason for your yeah. for your basketball program and. Um, or for the basketball season, mm -hmm. but uh, we're, we're, I'm really excited. I, I love this team. I love our group. We don't have a lot of margin for error. 
this mm-hmm. year. I think we have to be really, really good in some certain aspects and areas that we need to be really good in. That's, yeah. we got to really be excellent at taking care of the basketball. We can't have any terrible turnovers and sure. Uh, you know, we've got to limit teams to one shot. We can't be giving teams up, giving teams second and third opportunities. So those things that we can control and have and control the controllables, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is a monster league. It's the ACC yeah. best basketball league in all of college basketball. So mm-hmm. we're in a monster, monster league. So we've, you know, there's the competition is as strict as could be. And yeah. we'll, um, so we'll need to be good at what we can be good at. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you're saying too, I, I think a lot of people would agree with you. The ACC is arguably the best conference in college basketball, let alone the conference within the ACC you guys are in is very competitive as well. So I know you guys have your work cut out for you this year. Um, and we wish you the best of luck. Uh, we'll definitely, you know, be watching for sure. Um, now kind of moving. I, I mean, since the beginning of our conversation till now, I, I know you've been in love with the game of basketball and it's just been all around, you know, something that you fall in love with since, you know, you were five and or even in the fifth grade. Um, away from the court, maybe. What are some of the things that interest you? And, you know, what are some things maybe you do if you need to get away from the game? What are some things, you know, that spark your interest? As you mentioned, you've maybe played other sports, you know, growing up, such as maybe you, you like golfing or anything like that. Maybe it's not even any other sport. Are there any things, you know, when you're away from the court that you really love doing? You know, look, I mean, I'm a pretty simple guy. And as I mentioned earlier, um, <laughs> I like simplicity. But no, I, I, I love watching other sports. Uh, I love watching sports. Um, I, I love, I try to exercise. I really enjoy exercising. I like to, I like to exercise outdoor. Uh, yeah. I love being around my family. I got, I got a wife and young kids and um, I really enjoy going home and being with them. And, um, um, and I love to eat if you, you know, I'm <laughs> probably eat too much, but uh, I, I, I look at food as one of life's enjoyments. So, uh, um, yeah. I have a tendency to uh, to eat up quite a bit, but I that's why I got exercise. But uh, mm-hmm. I do enjoy eating. But uh, no, I mean I, I mean I, I have an appreciation for whatever it may be. I mean I have appreciation for when you're sitting outside and I got my little son sitting in my lap and you look at the trees and you're thinking, man, you know, just or the birds flying through or just the sun mm-hmm. comes up and just um, you know life is. If you ask what I enjoy, I enjoy life. I really, really love life. You know what's amazing, Joe, when you go to sleep at night, you know, there's there's 7 billion people in the world. And yeah. when you go to sleep at night, you know, there's nobody like, it's not like you go to sleep and you, you, you hit a button and say, okay, you know, wake me up in the morning. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, your heart, all the things are working while you're sleeping. And when you really think about it all and you wake yeah. up and you another day, it's just, Man, it's a real blessing, and and it's it's um I, I really really love life. I, I hope yeah. I can live to 120, I, I 150 if I can. I don't know. I mean, if I can get That'd to 100, awesome. I guess I'd be be really happy. But uh, if I, I, I 110, 120, 130, I'll go I'll go to 170 if I can get there. You know, I don't know. If I, <laughs> maybe maybe in 20 years, Joe, they'll have some science. They'll come up with. Hey, you, you, you know, you, 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 you eat these things and take this and you can live another hundred years. Who knows? You know what I mean? Right. Only, only time will tell on that. Absolutely. I, I think it, even if it's microcast, remember we talked about 30 years ago, no one would have believed we were just saying, yeah, easily for you to get internet. No Joe, problem. 30 I, years ago, you and I couldn't be doing this. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, 
Who you knows? Know? Exactly. So, yeah. It, you bring a great point there. And, I, and that question you brought up, I, I actually, and it goes back to what we were saying. I have a question right after this one before I let you go. But um, one of the last questions I want to ask you was, are there any, you know, topics or issues that, you know, one of one of the main things about my show that I like doing um, and speaking to so many different individuals is educating myself on things that, you know, obviously I've learned a lot about college basketball today and your history, but, you know, certain topics, certain interests of people that are important to them that not a lot of people or such as myself would know. And I just love educating myself on things like that. Are there any either topics, issues, uh, interests, you know, other than life that, you know, you wish more people knew about or you you, you wish more people uh, would get more exposure on besides the 1997 <laughs> championship? <laughs> no, I mean, look, I mean, you know, now these days you can get kind of get whatever you need to get, you know, through the through the Internet and through okay. social media and stuff on that. But I guess if there is anything of a topic, just more about just the, you know, the preciousness of in the in the in the quickness and the shortness of how life is and, and how. Yeah. Literally every day is a is a real gift. How literally every heartbeat is a real gift. Every breath is a real gift. And I'm not I'm just being kind of how if you're looking at other topics, I just think that's really important for 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 um you know for all of us around the you know around the world, the seven billion people to you know yeah. to, to 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 know that just man, life is so short and so precious and 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 mm -hmm. try to enjoy every day and and you know and I guess that would be the topic that that I would bring up a little more, but um, yeah, but that's you know that's just me. No, I hey, I I think it's true, and I, it kind of leads to my next question. I and I can ask you this because I know by the time this episode airs, it'll be publicly announced. But um, my wife and I did just find out we were about to have our first child coming up this, um, and kind of what we were talking about in the beginning. You know, no one gives you a manual. No one gives you anything that says, "Hey, you're you're about to become a dad," or "You're about to," you know, even when I was getting married, "You're about to be a husband." you know, do these eight things, what's, you know, maybe one thing you would, a little maybe word of advice, maybe you'd give me being potentially, uh, you know, becoming a new father, what's one thing, you know, maybe you would uh, pass down as knowledge, you know, going into fatherhood? Well, first of all, congratulations to you and your wife. What a blessing. That's just yeah, no, awesome. And just when you watch, you know, the ultras, again, just because of thank God for science and doctors, yeah. the ultrasounds to see the the baby grow and, and everything is just it's it's amazing you know yeah. uh, just it's, it's incredible but uh um i always tell my daughters because when i when they did an ultrasounds they would always uh, you know you could hear that you know they put on you can hear the heartbeat you know i always always, yeah, tell yeah. My, always i still tell my daughters this today i got a little son but i tell my daughters he's too young to understand but my daughters are like I always tell my, you know, sweetheart, I, I remember when I first heard your first heartbeat, or at least that I was able to hear, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and um, yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, there's, you know, I mean, like you said, it. there's really no manual to be a, to be a father, but I will say time goes by quick. Okay. And you don't get a redo with your kids. So you want to, you want to <laughs> take advantage of every single day with them. And, uh -huh. um, um, and, uh, and and I and my advice more is probably for your wife than you, because of the initial <laughs> on the initial part when the baby's born and you know a lot of the late the the, the sleepless nights and a lot of the crying and all that. The, a great reminder is the the days are long, but the years mm -hmm. go by quick. So um, I like um, that. It might seem like will I ever get out of this phase? Will I ever be able to get eight uh, eight hours of sleep again? But eventually that will go through. And like I said, the days are long, but the years go by quick. 
that's awesome and thank you so much for sharing that with me i i i'm i'm very excited and again i i again i'd love learning more about you know anything i can educate myself on especially with you know experienced parents such as yourself um you know it's always good to educate myself and i thank you for sharing that um you know i i, I do want to be respectful of your time I, that, that's all i had i i can't thank you enough coach Bassner, for joining me uh we wish you the best of luck in this upcoming season i at a time ago um i was a georgia tech fan so to speak my we were we were good friends with coach paul hewitt um and uh the the coaching staff there with coach the harris um and you know i used to always remember back when they were in the acc going to you know maryland driving up to Mar i'm in the virginia area so driving to maryland to go see the you know georgia, see georgia tech go ahead and play against uh you know the terrapins even when like chris bosch was there it was really cool just to kind of you know see about those things so uh, you you i'll i, I definitely you definitely gained another fan well you know, of you Coach Hewitt uh, is one of the great coaches here at Georgia Tech history, had incredible yeah. success and, and a well-deserved and long overdue honor for Coach Hewitt. He just, he's getting inducted into the Georgia Tech Hall of Fame um, and That's will awesome. be inducted this fall and well-deserved, oh. long overdue. And, and he's an incredible coach. I mean, you don't obviously have a lot of pro players and he had a lot of success yeah. here at Georgia Tech, but you don't get to the national championship game without being – really really good at what you do so uh, absolutely yeah absolutely coach you had had a tremendous career here as a head coach at georgia tech absolutely and you know i, I didn't know that that's actually really cool definitely have to ch tune into that and check that out when it happens and again we wish you the best of luck coach we wish you the best not only with the team but with your family uh wish you the best of health and i can't thank you enough for joining me it's been been a pleasure joe thanks for having me on congratulations to you and your wife and thank uh you. Good health to to your wife and to the newborn. And um, as long as you have your health, you really are a true billionaire. Not a millionaire, but a billionaire. Because that's really in the end, that's all that matters is having good health. So so uh, blessings to you, to you and to your family. You too, coach. You too. Have a great one. Enjoy the day. And uh we'll talk to you again hopefully soon. You're a friend of the podcast. So we hope to talk to you again down in the future. But um, you know, have a great day. Thank you, Joe. All right. Thanks. <laughs>